Hi guys, thanks for checking out the Booze Reviews podcast. If you're a fan of our sister show, the 1068 Pubcast, you might recognize these first two episodes as two of the after-hours special episodes on that feed. Several years back, Earnshaw had this great idea to combine drinking and watching old movies. And after reviewing the first two movies in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Earnshaw and I decided to take this show on the road. To preserve this show's full history, we're replaying those first two 1068 Pubcast episodes as episode 1 and 2 here. If you want to skip through to new content, our first new show will be episode 3. Enjoy! Well, you ready to get started? I'm ready. Um, well, I mean, to get started, you're going you're gonna to have to know the password. Which is? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's Lord of the Rings podcast, so <laughs> what password should you speak? Um... The one Gandalf says when they go into Moria. Which is? Belloc? Nice. Welcome to the first episode of the Booze Reviews Podcast, where we drink booze and review movies. I am Miliardo, and with me here is my co-host, Earnshaw. How you doing, Earnshaw? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. This uh, this is your idea, by the way, and I thought it was a great idea, and we're going with it. So thanks for the idea. Sure. We are doing a Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring podcast because, I mean, it kind of stings me to say, but 16 years ago when this movie came out, we were pretty big fanboys. We thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. We would not be doing ourselves justice and the series justice if we didn't do a recap, you know, decade and a half later to see if it held up. So let's uh, let's dig in. Let's do it. There's some things that I must see to. What things? Questions. Questions that need answering. All right. So one of the things I wanted to talk about was some general questions that I had after watching that I had never really thought of the first go around. And maybe it was like, you know... Back when we were teenagers, just never really occurred to me. And then you get so ingrained, you, you kind of accept it. Yeah. Did you have anything like that when you were watching it after 15, 16 years? <sighs> a couple times. A couple things came up, I think, that made me either scratch my head or say, um, I overlooked this before. Did You read the books, didn't you? I did. I did not. I think I read part of the first one, but not even the whole first one. So my questions might be... Obvious slam dunkers for you. That could be good. Maybe. <laughs> Been a while. <laughs> Been a while. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do you have some questions ready? We could just alternate and give you one, see what you think. Shoot me one of yours. Yeah, we can do that. All right. So I'm going to start off with an easy one. Something I do not understand. It's pretty core, pretty crucial. Never really questioned it. Why did cutting off Sauron's finger make him explode? Actually, implode. <laughs> I never really figured that out. Like, loved loved it, but why? Good question. Why didn't he just fall over like a dude with no finger? Maybe he was so um, uh, indebted to the ring at that point that every part of him uh, ran through it or was connected to it in some way. So even just being like physically separated from it 
um, would have been enough to make him, you know, have that reaction. I figured it was something like that because, you know, he even though he died, he didn't die because the ring was around. So it was almost like he was the ring. So I kind of got that. But uh, yeah, always kind of kind of confusing. It could be described some in a different way in the book and like actual like f- broken down detail of what happened to his essence or something. But sure. for the movie's purpose, maybe they just thought it would be easier to do that and having instead of having to explain something, uh, you know, crazy. Oh, yeah. No, works for me. But you? What, what's a, a, what we call it? A, a question that needs to be answered. So I, maybe everyone asked this to themselves because I even remember thinking this back in the day. But then when I saw it again, I said, yeah, I got to ask this. Um, why didn't uh, Elrond just run over and shove Isildur into <laughs> Mount Doom? I remember you saying that a long time ago. Yeah. You think that it was like, you know, Isildur was the king of men. Was he was. Elrond even a king or whatever the elves have? Or was he just a dude back then? Because, you know, you'd think that'd be kind of like an average Joe is in a situation with a celebrity or a king. And that person needs to be pushed into a volcano like you do sometimes. Yeah. Do you have it in you? You know, because they are that that figure. And that, I guess that's what a sealed door would have been. Right. I guess I thought that Elrond was at least semi-important at that point. Yeah, he might have been. I really don't know. And elves are so old, he, I was assuming he was holding it down for like a while. Mm-hmm. But you're right. He, he could have been sort of uh, a step down from, from where the king would have been. I don't know. Could have been starstruck too. Who knows? Right. Uh, here's another. Uh, this is a tougher one. You ready? Sure. All right. Bilbo's birthday. He's putting on the ring, right? And he sneaks off to his house, giggles. Why is it that when he puts the ring on... It's all fun and games, smoke and mirrors. But when Frodo puts the ring on, he goes into fucking crazy LSD land with a giant red vagina looking at him. And what's up with that? That's a good question. That's a good question. And the other thing is, how did that never occur to me the first time? I didn't think about that either. And I didn't think about that on this rewatch. Um, No, I, I, I totally just let that slide, I think. I'm thinking at the point where it passed over to Frodo was at least by the movie's explanation, um, the point that they started to learn kind of where it was located. So, uh, you know, they tortured Gollum and he gave up Shire or whatever. So maybe they started sensing it more when they knew uh, physically where it was. Sure. Yeah, maybe that's a good point. You got any other good ones? Um, why didn't, Gandalf just climbed back up because it seemed like he could have. Oh, out of <laughs> I thought that exact same thing when I watched it through this time, but I kind of chalked it up to the difficulties in acting and that maybe in the book it was literally hanging by fingertips. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in this one, in this one, he was, he almost had a leg over the, the ledge. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like a four year old could have made that little climb. It's a good point. I'm hoping that was one of those things that was lost in, you know, having to deal with real physics. (laughs) That's funny. I really did think the same damn thing. It strikes me that a lot of these questions are maybe, um, you know, we're having fun with it. They're a little (laughs) asinine. We're kind of pulling at uh, plot points. But let me ask you this question. Yeah. As you were watching it, were there any parts that you either fast forwarded or completely zoned out at, or maybe even just got up and let it play, but walked into the other room and did some sort of errand or something. 
No. And part of the reason was you presented this to me as a let's get tanked and watch Lord of the Rings. And I, I uh, obliged. So when I was sitting down watching this movie, I was feeling pretty good. So I was going back over my notes, you know, and half of them didn't even make sense. And then there are a few that were just like drunken ramblings. Right. Um, so no, it had my attention the whole time. That might have been why. But yeah, I literally, I was glued in. I did not watch it all in one sitting, though. Okay. I will say that. I, I broke it up into at least three, maybe four, four sittings. The extended edition yeah. or... Yeah, this is the extended. Yep. Which I had a hard time, honestly, remembering which scenes were new yeah. uh, or which scenes were part of the extended and which weren't. There were a couple yeah. obvious ones, and then other times I thought, was this in the movie? Yep. So... All right, um, I got another Gandalf one. So, when Bilbo calls the ring precious, Gandalf says, it's been called that before, but not by you. So, at this point, he doesn't know what the ring is. Well, he he knows it's weird, but, like, how could he possibly know that? Hmm. I mean, the viewer's gonna know that, or at least they'll figure it out later and piece it together, but how could he possibly know that it was called precious if he doesn't even know what it is? Uh, eh, that's, that, that's a good question. Um... Uh, is it that he is um possibly aware of goings on? Like I remember the movie doesn't go into this, but I do remember from the book the thing about the the wizards is they all seem to they they know everything that's going on, yeah. right? They have a hand in everything. Like they can they sense things, they share information. There's multiple ones. We only meet like two in the movies. Um, but they're wise to the rumblings of Middle Earth. Yeah. I guess I was thinking he just had some ear to the ground in this in this way. Sure. And when Bilbo would have first maybe come across it in The Hobbit, you know, Gandalf was around. Yeah. And was part of that journey in some way. So, uh, you know, maybe he learned things then and, and just kind of kept it to himself. I, I don't know. Maybe. I'll buy it. I was just always curious. Well, you, do you have any other deep and diving questions? Uh those couple things were some things that just stood out to me that I was asking my, about, you know, to myself. Yeah. But but no, questions-wise, no, I don't think so. Well, one other thing I wanted to talk about, because I do have a game. I have a secret special Earnshaw quiz. Okay. Um, I'll get into that in a bit. That'll be kind of like the intermission. But after that, we can go over to whether or not the, the movie held up. But I wanted to just have a moment to be able to say, hey, these are the things that really stood out to me. Maybe the things that didn't fit into a category, you know, like things that um, just really cool things you might not have noticed uh, back in the day. Okay. What's that? This, my friend, is a pint. It comes in pints. Yeah. I'm getting one. <laughs> this is this one ties into a, a drunken rambling uh, note that I took, and it was on my phone where I was taking these notes. So you know, fat thumbs and all. But I literally wrote. Frodo is laying there, turns his head slightly, and sees Arwen cloaked in light. And I'm like, yep, that's what happens to me too, bro. <laughs> and then I continue to say, I had initially typed that in as Liv Tyler, but went back through after reading it and was like, yeah, I'm going to need to change that to Arwen. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, hearing Liv Tyler talk in the commentaries broke my heart. One of the things that may fall into this category also uh, I wrote down relates to Arwen, and I probably noticed it back in the day, but I just cracked up when I was watching it. But, you know, the men and, and all the other characters, the hobbits, are getting beat up pretty badly through the whole movie, and 
when she's like riding with Frodo, she hits a branch and there's like a single cut across her cheek. Yeah. And I, I remember thinking that was hot. I don't know why. It was so movie-ish, you know? I was just like, <laughs> there's Liv Tyler. She's got a little slash across her cheek. Yeah, yeah. You you had mentioned earlier about how the wizards were kind of tapped into the things. And, you know, Gandalf, when they were talking about where they were going to go uh, to get past, they were at the, on the mountain getting their ass kicked by ice and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, he already kind of knew what was going to happen when he went under the tunnel somehow. But... uh I was remember thinking about that and then hearing him say the ring bearer may decide. And I was like, hold on, that is fucked up because he made Frodo choose between the mountain against Saruman, crazy wizard, Gap of Rohan versus crazy wizard Saruman and Moria against a thing that Frodo doesn't even know about. And then he dies and then that shits on Frodo's conscience. And I'm just like, Gandalf, you're a dick. So that was one of my observations after watching. I was like, Man, maybe I thought this back in the day, but Gandalf's kind of an asshole. He really is such a dick. I think there's some kind of like thing where it's just cool to kick a hobbit around because like the way he treats Pippin and Mary, right. they're grown men or whatever of their species. And he's just like kicking them around like he's an old gr- cranky old man. Yeah. Totally cool. Ian McKellen is so gay, by the way. Mm-hmm. That was another observation I had. What was really weird for me during this time all these big trilogies were happening at the same time. X-Men, Matrix, Lord of the Rings. And so you had Magneto slash Gandalf, which didn't bother me too much because um, of the beard. But the one that got to me was Elrond slash Agent Smith from the Matrix. Yeah. And like, that was one thing that was refreshing because it, it's been, you know, again, 16 years since all this stuff was going on. And I could finally look at Elrond as just Elrond. I didn't expect him to bust out into Agent Smith at any point in time. I never think about that when I'm watching Lord of the Rings. I think he's a good actor, but he does, even as Elrond, he has that sort of same, even like flat affect that he had as uh, Agent Smith. So definitely I could see lapsing into like, you know, both of those two blending together. Yeah. Got any other uh, random things that spoke out to you? Okay, let me see here. Um, Oh, okay. So this was one of my favorite things. In the beginning when uh, Bilbo's still around and everyone's getting on his nerves, uh, trying to come and see him and stuff. Uh, At one point, somebody knocks on the door and agitated, he screams out, Sticklebats. (laughs) So I wrote Sticklebats with um, quotation marks around it because apparently I thought that was really funny. That's your new curse word of choice. I'm going to start using that, I think. There, There are some good lines in there. I love it. I loved this at the time, and I still loved, uh, what about second breakfast? (laughs) Classic. Yep. I had a whole section of whimsical and slash awful line reading, because there are a couple throughout the movie that are either supposed to be funny or unintentionally hilarious. When it came to the line reading, I didn't really notice anything. I I didn't get anything negative there. You'll have to fill me in. And not all of them were bad. Some I just wrote down because they were just like, you know, funny or um, maybe when they went back in the studio and had to re-record it, it didn't like yeah. sound right. Sure. Um, okay. So when they're arguing over the ring and like Vigo stands up towards the end of the argument um, during oh, the council right. and he's like, it has no other master. <laughs> he, he, he becomes like weird Scottish. Um, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that's that. an example of like kind of a bad one but like yeah this is an example of like a good one it, you know when Labormir starts um one does not simply walk into mordor like that was so popular it became a meme yeah i love that meme 
I'll say two things. Yeah. After watching, uh, maybe I didn't appreciate the first go around was Frodo pimped up like immediately. I mean, it was just like on and he was just like, let's do it. You mean Frodo was just ready to do what he had to do? He just manned up? From the get go. Yeah. That was awesome. And I don't think I appreciated that the first go around. Um, and something I did appreciate the first go around and still do is that Vigo Mortensen is the man. He lays it down the entire movie. Aragorn is a beast. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I'm actually wearing my uh, Aragorn ring right now because I'm that, that kind of nerd. Nice. I was like, hey, man, we're doing the Lord of the Rings special. There I'm going to gear up. I'm going to gear up. Um, you know, it's funny you said that thing about Frodo. I gained an appreciation for Sam, which is funny because I feel like of all the characters in the movie, we gave more shit to Sam than any other character back in the day. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's just He asks for it. But one thing I realized watching this was that, you know, Aragorn was off, I don't know, jacking off, waiting for Liv Tyler to show up or whatever he was doing. <laughs> and they're getting attacked by these nine death devils. Um, and I thought about this. I was like, man, Sam is really fucking brave. Absolutely. Because it's like, it's early on. He's been a gardener his whole life. Suddenly he's being attacked by these guys that, you know, for the past half hour, everyone's just been talking about how they're like zombie samurai cowboys or whatever. You know, they're yeah. just like the scariest things imaginable. Then they're by themselves in the dark, surrounded, and he charges them with a sword. I'm just like, man, yeah, that's fucking badass. Like, yeah. I, I did not, I did not appreciate that the first go around. In retrospect, he was not the worst character at all. No, I don't think so either. Wait, do you do you have a worst character pinned out? Um, I wrote down Legolas is fucking lame, <laughs> and I wrote down Pippin is the worst. <laughs> Pippin is a total dumbass. I mean, at least he's good for comic relief, though. You know, he is. You're right. Good stuff. Well, are you ready for your Earnshaw quiz? I'm ready. All right. So to put a little pressure on you, right? I was testing how this works because I'm going to play audio. This is an audio quiz. You're going to listen to a, a clip in a second. Okay. And I was testing it on Freedom, and so I figured, you know what? Why not get a baseline? Freedom. I don't know if you know this, uh, Earnshaw, but Freedom has never ever seen the Lord of the Rings movies. Ever. Which, by now, I feel like he has to be, you know, Amish or something. There's really no other reason that would happen. I mean, they rerun him on TNT, like, yeah. every other weekend. Yeah, I don't know how he could, he could miss that. I mean, he's heard some things in pop culture, obviously. But he never actually saw them, especially not the, the versions we watched. So, I figured this is a good baseline. Uh, he got 15 out of 20 correct. Uh. So, uh, if you lose... You know, right. You got to get at least 16. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My nerd cred would be like, that's right. Ouch. That's right. So what does this music make you think? It's time to get down. That's right. So the quiz is, are these quotes from Lord of the Rings or porno? That's right. <laughs> so yeah i'm reading all of these so this is my voice modified um and i read them all as if they were from a porno so there wouldn't be any bias and i'll keep track uh how you do all right here's number one is this from lord of the rings or from a porno poor girl doesn't even know what a real fairy is so lord of the rings or porno wow that's tough <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go porno you're correct well done, sir. All right. That's one point for Earnshaw. Let's uh, pull up number two here. Lord of the Rings or porno? If our luck holds, the gap of Rohan will still be open to us. 
<laughs> um, Lord of the Rings. You're correct. Yeah. But you never thought about it that way, did you? Yeah. Yeah. You'll never be able to go back. Uh, number three. I'm going to make it in my pants. So, Lord of the Rings or uh, porno? I'm thinking porno. <laughs> you would be correct. I can't tell you how much fun I was doing research for this. Uh, number four. <laughs> Lord of the Rings or porno? That's the best seafood bisque you'll ever have. <laughs> that one gets me every time. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I, now I just want to see the, the porno that this line is uttered in. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's correct. That is a porno. Okay, okay, number five. Lord of the Rings or porn? Mind if I smoke while you're eating? <sighs> That's tough. I'm going to say porno? Yep, yep, you're right. Five for five. All right, number six. If you want him, come and claim him. Definitely Lord of the Rings. <laughs> but you see how that one should have gotten somebody, right? Yeah. With yeah. her perfectly placed scrape across her cheek. <laughs> Number seven. I don't know half of you half as well as I would like. That is Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, you're correct. All right, you're doing well. You're doing very well. That was well. a scene that I marked as being a really awesome scene on the rewatch. It is. I love that uh, clever quip that confuses yeah. all the other hobbits. I love that. Yeah. All right, seven for seven, number eight, Lord of the Rings or porn. You know what? I think the two of you, you two just need to get ass fucked, is what you two need to do. <laughs> oh, man. Um, porno. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, that's not in the deleted scenes anywhere. It's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> All right, number nine. I'm coming, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> um, this could be a trick question because this this could easily be either one. But I'm gonna go Lord of the Rings. You are correct. I never found any Lord of the Rings porn. I went looking for this exact purpose, couldn't find it. I did find there has to be some out there. You know there is. I did find World of Warcraft, which I thought was uh, <laughs> pretty special. Pretty good uh, follow up. <laughs> All right, number ten, Lord of the Rings or porn? Blow is just an expression. You are supposed to suck on it. <laughs> so. Um, porn. Yeah, <laughs> porn. I'm envisioning different characters from the movie saying this stuff, though. Yeah, that would have been Gandalf uh, and Bilbo smoking the pipes, right? Absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. All right, number 11. You do not know pain. You do not know fear. You will taste man flesh. Very clever. Um, Lord <laughs> of the Rings, though. <laughs> you got it. Uh my drunken brain was just latching onto these. I was like, that's, that's gotta be, gotta be porn. Gotta be I'm porn. loving it. <laughs> Number 12. Ride hard. Don't look bad. Yikes. This is a tough one. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one. Um, trying to think where that could have happened in the movie. It certainly sounds like something that could be in the movie. Um, Lord of the Rings film, that is. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of places that could be in a porn movie. I think I'm going to go Lord of the Rings on this one. You're correct. Do you know who it was? I don't know. who What, what scene is that? That was Aragorn to Arwen when she was uh, running off with Frodo. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, number 13. That fellow's done nothing but stare at you since we arrived. <laughs> That's my favorite one so far. 
Uh, that's that's Lord of the Rings, and that's great. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't get you with the female voice, no? All right, fair enough. Uh, 13 for 13. Uh, number 14, Lord of the Rings of Porn. Turn me into a worthless vegetable. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking porn? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, when they ran into Farmer Maggot's crop, did anything weird go down? <laughs> no, I guess, okay, porn, yeah. <laughs> number 15. Steady. Hold on. Hang on. <laughs> Lean forward. <laughs> Steady. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if that's where they're rocking on the stairs in Moria, but I'm not sure. Slow down. You know, it's, it's a lot different. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Lord of the Rings. You're right. And you had the right spot, too. Yeah, it's exactly what was happening. Yeah, well, well done. Well done. <laughs> Number 16. There must be a thousand pounds of beef on him. <laughs> that's got to be porn. Yeah. Yep. Yep, that's porn. All right. Uh, number 17. He's very fond of you. I know. He'd probably come with me if I asked him. <laughs> That is Lord of the Rings, put into a whole new perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want to see that version. Uh, number 18. But I poop from there. <laughs> porn. <laughs> yes. Disclaimer, I did not scour the internet to find porn. What I did was I just found from Reddit and various other places the best and worst lines from porn. This was by far everyone's favorite line from any porn movie ever. Like, hands down. Um, the favorite line of yeah, everyone. That is, that is pretty good. I like that. Oh, and the follow-up line, in case you're curious, was, not tonight, you don't. <laughs> anyway, um, number uh, 19, Lord of the Rings of Porn. Precious. It's been called that before, but not by you. Well, we talked about this earlier. Yeah, so. yeah. And the last one, number 20. I squeezed that sperm until I myself almost melted into it. It sounds like something Mark Twain might have written when he was wrong. I think I'm going to go porn. <laughs> it was a trick question. It was Moby Dick. Well done. Well done. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> well, you, sir, of the real questions, you, sir, aced 19 out of 19 compared to Freedom's uh, 15 out of 19. So I think it's fair to say you uh, definitely know your porn, right? Excellent. <laughs> I don't remember which ones I got Freedom on, but it was so much fun hearing him have to work through it, having never seen the movies. Yeah, that does sound interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pleasant. Because I know he's seen more than enough pornos. <laughs> right. Yeah, dirty little bastard. I'm hundred and eleven years old. Who would believe it? <laughs> you haven't aged What we have left to do, we have to determine whether or not this was, in fact, something that holds up, stands the test of time. And I thought, you know, we could go through specific things i guess more technical about the movie or the plot or whatever sure praise and complaints and such i have much more praise than i do complaints to be honest absolutely um, so what what's a specific thing of praise that you noticed after watching this again and here's a good question too how long had it been since you had seen lord of the rings okay um you know i hadn't seen it in a while yeah it, I, i've seen maybe one of the other ones more recently 
maybe Return of the King. Um, I, I remember catching that on cable not too long ago. But so I, I would say, mm, I don't know, a year or two at least, because I, I know that I've probably seen the first one on TV a couple times as well. I know exactly. I have a timestamp. It was uh, it was right before I got married. Okay. I remember. I remember exactly because I was watching it with my wife. Um, well, at the time, my girlfriend. But, um, but yeah, that was and so that would have been uh, you know six years ago. So okay. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. It's one of those things. If I'm going through and it's on, I'll usually get sucked into it at least a little bit. Sure. Sure. So I'm. Sh- I know I saw part one that way. You know, not too long ago. Yeah. I have had the call to just pop it in, but it's hard to block off a chunk of time like that. But it it, it is, but it had been long enough that I enjoyed doing it. I did too. I anticipated it, so that was a good sign out of the gate. I thought I'm looking forward to this. I haven't seen this in a while. Yeah. Yep. I, I yep. had the data myself. And it was a perfect day for watching three and a half hours worth. <laughs> yep. Yep. What's your specific praise? First one. Okay, so if I was going in order, because as they happened in the movie, I listed them. Oh, I did the same thing, yeah. We mentioned this already, but the first thing that I wrote down was uh, Bilbo's birthday speech is, is a really good scene, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It be, it sets the tone for, you know, everything up to that point had been fairly lighthearted, maybe minus some of the prologue. But it sets the tone for what the movie's going to turn into. You know, it, 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 it drops really low, gets uh, really serious for a minute. Um, you can kind of see the ring working on him a little bit. It sets the the story that we're about to go on in motion in a in a really nice way. And and the speech is is well written as well. We talked about kind of the wordplay he has um, against the other hobbits, but um, just kind of how he trails off. He's feeling for the ring in his pocket. I, I thought that that was a really well done scene. Hell yeah, mine hit even before then when I was listening to Galadriel's intro, right? Okay, and she says the time will come when hobbits will shape the fortunes of all, and. You know, obviously you've seen it so many times, but I was just thinking how cool that was, that that was kind of the premise of the story was that you take these bumpkins, these like tiny little, both diminutive in intelligence and size, and nobody even gives a shit about them. And they're the ones that kind of can stand up and become the heroes of the story, which they do, you know, in honesty. Um, they're the ones that, that save the day at the end. And uh, I don't know, it's cheesy. Granted, but it's a really cool, feel-good message. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't really latch onto that, you know, before. Just part of the part of the plot. I think that uh, the hobbits uh, are just something you come to appreciate. Either the more you watch it, or after you have some time with it, they're not the flashy characters at first. Um, but but when you you know you get to the end, especially, you really appreciate everything that that Frodo and Sam have been through. And then when you have some more time apart from it, you can say. Yeah, I mean these guys really kick ass. Like I said, Frodo stepped up from the get go, no question. So yeah, what else you got? So the ne- the next two things, um, as you yourself said, I-, I also had a little bit to drink. Um, <laughs> not only that, but that day I also participated in a little old Toby in honor of the Lord of the Rings. If you if you catch my meaning, yes, I do, I do. Finest weed in South Farling. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I have weight in quotation marks and it says, and Gandalf looks at the cam. Um, I don't know what that means. And then I have, do they Gandalf? And I guess that's a quote from someone, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, but apparently I really liked that part. Both of those parts. Yeah. I can't, I can't pull those out. I'll take your word for it. (laughs) One thing that I felt 
about this movie was, have you ever seen that family guy where Peter says he doesn't like Godfather because it insists upon itself? Yes. I always saw that. It was a funny scene anyway, but I never really knew what that meant, you know, and I've been involved in nerdy things for a long time. But as I was watching this movie, I felt like I understood. I was like, Lord of the Ring insists upon itself. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Okay. Like, I think for people to actually mock this uh, movie objectively, you know, to say that it's not a good film objectively, they would have to just be unable to pull themselves into this world. Because when you do, you know how Tolkien, he created languages for the set of books. And it was a very detailed thing. There's maps. And I think to me, that's what that phrase means. It insists upon itself. And I think that's a good thing. It is so serious about itself. Yeah. And I love it. I I think that's great. Because of how engrossing of a world it is, the fact that it takes itself so seriously, I think is a great thing. And I think there are going to be some people that will mock it for that. You know, when Legolas hops up and says, a red sunrise's blood has been shed this night. There are going to be people that roll their eyes. But at the same time, that's what makes it such a, a great world, you know? Absolutely. Um, I, my next bullet point probably goes right along with that because I wrote down um, the wizard fight was silly, but it was also very cool. Yes, I have that too. That's what you're saying. You know, if you if you are not if you're not willing to commit to it, then you can look at this and say two old men rolling around on the ground. This is um, the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But if you're if you're willing to to give yourself up to it, um, it, I mean, it's two wizards like fucking fighting each other. How is that not cool? Yeah. And not even that. But like, think about the logistics of actually having a fight scene between two people. They could break a hip or something if they fall over wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they made it look like, you know, they used doubles. They had to have. Absolutely. you You couldn't tell. No. It's a legit fight scene. They made two old guys, like old actors, fight. And it looked legit as hell. And I, I think that's impressive. I think that's really impressive. Very cool scene. Um, it, most of the effects were good in the movie. Uh, I think there were a couple maybe uh, not so great CGI shots. Um, but they, but to me, I have way more because uh, I had a whole separate category for ba- any kind of bad CGI because I just thought it was going to be like really aged looking. Yeah. But it, it wasn't. Yeah, I want to talk about that later too. Yeah, a couple of things that stood out that were a little, but for the most part, um, you know, Wade Wade did a really good job. I think. Yeah, yeah. One of the thing that I had was in terms of, um, I guess, more good film angles and, and, and such. The same shot scaling methods. Like I remember learning about this, you know, fifteen years ago. How they did that. How they would have. Like Frodo and Gandalf in the same cart, but Frodo would look like a little bitty thing and Gandalf would look giant. And it was all based on perspective of the camera. Yeah. And Gandalf was really way closer or Ian McCallum was really way closer to the camera than Elijah Wood. And the way they did that, I just thought looking back through that now, still I knew how they did it, but it was it's still so cool. Absolutely. You know, when they do scaling like Gandalf walks up to a very small door and then Bilbo walks up to a very large door, you know, that's that's easy. But when they have two actors literally in the same shot and all the scaling is done through like props and angles, that's incredibly cool to me. From a technical standpoint, uh, Lord of the Rings has so much going on and they absolutely nail it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I had one other really interesting thing I want to add. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but if you listen to Lord of the Rings with earbuds, not like normal earbuds, but the noise canceling kind of earbuds – yeah. Whenever you do that, you pick up audio that you don't get normally. Okay. Um, 
And I noticed that the actors' voices in The Minds of Moria had realistic and directionally appropriate echoes. And I was like, holy shit, they thought about the echoes. Wow. Yeah, try it. I never noticed that. But I was watching this with earbuds and Gandalf would be talking and then he'd raise his voice and look to the left. And if you were actually sitting where your perspective was, you would expect there to be an echo in a certain direction and it, it comes from that direction. And it blew my mind. It blew my mind. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you should give it a shot. It was pretty cool. I did it the old fashioned way on my TV and, you know, just let it play. And I was thrown back in the lazy boy. But uh, well, the fact that they would even think to do that, because in 2001, how are people watching movies in theaters, maybe at home? Yeah. I mean, the whole the whole, you know, watching streaming to your phone thing didn't even exist yet. Yeah. But like they were somehow ready. They put the detail in anyway so that when it came up, I, I, don't know, I just think that was so cool. Very cool. This is how I wrote it because, again, been drinking. Cave had realistic echoes. I never noticed that before. A secret that only earbuds can tell. So yeah, that's uh, that's my, my synopsis. Uh, any other praises before we move to the dreaded complaint category? Um, the, maybe these are some some small things or just individualistic kind of scenes. Bormir's speech about Mordor. That's just a cool part, you know, where he start with the meme originated one does not simply walk into Mordor oh yeah hell yeah that's a great little scene some other smaller scenes um Frodo and Gandalf's exchange or when he says I wish the ring had never come to me I know that one's kind of probably touched on a lot but that's still a good scene I do think that is one of the most meaningful scenes in the movie and I think it gets more meaningful as you get older yeah, absolutely. And I, so, it, I mean, it's touched on a lot for a reason. It's it, the, the writing is good there and yeah. th you're slowed down for a minute. Um, you've had action sort of, you're going to have action on either side of that scene. Um, but, uh, it, you know, take a, take a, a quiet moment and, and let the characters build some of the themes uh, of the movie. So, yeah, on the larger scale, all of Moria is, is great. Um, that's just a really kick-ass like action adventure scene. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to the movies and um, you, you're someone who likes to go because you like to see that kind of stuff, you'd like to just see some some great uh, action scenes or, or some adventure type stuff, um, swashbuckling, etc. All of it's just really good. Um, fighting the goblins on the run from the Balrog, the attention to detail. Again, a lot of the, the, the shots look flawless. Yeah. Yep. Even the Balrog, which is obviously completely computer generated, it it's it wasn't one of the bad ones. Sure. Sure. Um, the cave troll in Moria is a bad CGI rendering. That scene's still cool though, even even if the troll is bad CGI. So everything in Moria, I think, once they get in there to the time they leave, is that's great. That's like the 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 center of the movie. Um, you know, before you, you you're kind of getting to the climax yep, there. Yeah. A lot of stuff happens, obviously. Spoiler alert, Gandalf dies. What? I'm finger quoting right now. Because <laughs> his obnoxious assembly self will be back to, to further riddle characters for no good reason. <laughs> he, he's slightly less of a dick when he becomes white, though. He is. He, he is. He is. I remember liking him a lot more yeah. in the later movies. Yeah. So um, so that all of Moria, and then if we're talking on a big scale, all of when they come ashore at Amon Hen. 
that stuff's all great. Obviously, that's the the climax in the movie, and they absolutely nail the climax. So again, on a pure spectacle level of I just I want to go to the movies and see sword fights and and people killing each other and battles and and fighting and just action adventure stuff. That's yeah. a great scene. It just builds. I always get really hyped at that scene because I know shit is about to go down. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, we're about to make our mamas cry here. You want to complain about Lord of the Rings? Let's do it. We ain't had nothing but maggot eat bread for three stinking days. So we, you were you were talking a lot about CGI, so we should do some of that. The one that got to me the most, I don't know if this is one of the ones that you felt about, was the CGI Gollum. Um, yes. Yes, I wrote that. Yes. And part of the problem was, and this isn't even necessarily their fault, because they didn't know this at the time they filmed the first one. But when you know what he becomes and the talent behind Andy Serkis becoming Gollum in the second two films, there's a huge disconnect there between one and two. But even without that, in particular, at the very beginning, when they show Gollum in the cave, it looks like something you'd see on on a Disney boat ride. (laughs) It's like it wasn't great. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was my big CGI complaint. Um, I definitely wrote that down. E- even that shot of him and Moria, um, where they're looking over and, you know, they see him down there and Gandalf says he knows he's been following him for three days or whatever. Um, that's just a bad CGI shot. Um, would have rather seen something from the shadows or something a little less obvious. Yeah. The first thing I wrote down for bad CGI, and this is also something I forgot even happened. So when they're locked out of Moria and they can't get in, they're trying to figure out the password. Um, I totally forgot about the watcher in the water. So yeah, I was just like, okay, they're going to say the word. So let's get on with it. You know, I'm, I was looking forward to the Moria stuff. Oh no, there's a whole scene where they get attacked by the watcher. Um, and the CGI on that wasn't great. Yeah. So that was that was a big one, and then when they get inside there, as I mentioned, the cave troll um, wasn't always wasn't always great either. Yeah, when we think about like dating the CGI, you know, it was fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago, and you think about what it means to rewind another sixteen years. Like, so when we were watching this movie, the movie that would have been in a similar position would have been from like the eighties, right? Right. So you know, in the early two thousands, the boom in CGI effects from like the eighties to then was way, way more steep say than it would be between, you know, Lord of the Rings and now. Cause I didn't feel like super offended. I think that even the bad CGI was on par with movies that come out now. Um, you yeah. know, they could have, they could have been better, but, uh, I mean, what, what did you think about that? I agree. I mean, there, there are movies I go see now, um, that maybe, you know, use a little more of CGI, um, and you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, there are scenes I see that are bad and we're in 2017 and I, there's stuff that is in Lord of the Rings that's bad, but there's stuff in Lord of the Rings that's also very good. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, they're doing, they're doing so much more every day with movies, um, and, and making them look more realistic, but there, there's also something to be said for some of the oldies and, uh, but goodies. Um, you know, I think about the first Jurassic Park and, and some of the the shots and the practical effects in that movie look better and make for a better movie than the CGI shit that was in Jurassic World a couple of years ago. Sure. So um, Lord of the Rings has a nice balance. I mean, there is some bad stuff there, but um, I think, like I said, the the Weta Workshop did a really nice job. I don't I don't know how much they had practical versus um, you know CGI. Obviously, that as you said, they did a lot of stuff with scaling. 
um, we know. So I don't know. I'd be interested to maybe I should have researched that myself from my own curiosity just to see like you know how much how many how much practical effects they had. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of that stuff is CGI'd in with the army of goblins or right. of elves in the prologue, but none of it looks really bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree to that. Absolutely. And, and it probably blew our minds in 2001. Yeah. It's easy for us to look back now and say yeah. that, um, you know, it, maybe it's not a sharp, but we right. were probably fairly impressed with it. One thing that I thought was bad back then and still think is bad now, but I couldn't articulate it well back then. And I understand the problem, I guess, but... Whenever they would switch to doubles for the hobbits from behind, like it was very obvious that it was like little people or kids. Yeah. You know? And I think it was like a, like I put in my note that it's all about the girth. Yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, had a few beers in me. But I think what I meant by that was just like, you know, Frodo is a skinny dude. Yeah. And so you can't just like vertically compress him and expect his width to be the same and I won't notice. <laughs> right. But like especially when Sam and Frodo were walking back from the bar the night that Gandalf comes back to him all freaked out. Um and I, I was looking for it from then on. The from behind Hobbit double shots were egregious. Like they really, really bothered me. Yeah. Um, and it, it got better if it was dark. Like if it was really dark and you couldn't see as much shadows or like a silhouette it wasn't as bad but uh yeah some of those really really bugged me i understand the problem but still you, you can definitely tell um yeah uh, it doesn't take me out of the movie or anything no no that's true too yeah but uh you, yeah you can you can absolutely tell it's, i think you know it it's clever in in that they don't have to like use any further cgi so for that reason i'm i'm all for it even though yeah. and that split second it's it's obvious yeah. Any other complaints? Um, so all this stuff was necessary to the movie, probably. Sure. So this may just be because I've seen it 1,000 times or whatever. Yeah. But I think there are a couple parts where I'm wondering if there isn't some stuff that we could lose and make it a little bit tighter because I think, I don't know, some of, there's there's a couple things that are just a, seem sort of superfluous to me. Sure. And I know that they're in the books and and there was already stuff that was in the book that didn't make the movie that people were up in arms about. I remember even uh, hearing about that at the time or reading about that at the time. Um, so I'm sure if they would have cut anything else out, that would have been maybe even even worse for um, them from the fans. Um, but but like two scenes, I thought it's pretty dull and it's character building and it's world building. So I get it. But it's a little dull on the way to Weathertop. Um, and even when they get to Weathertop, we know Frodo isn't in danger, so it just feels a bit like, and eh, this is a part of the movie I have to get through to get to the next point. Yeah, it's it's all enjoyable, and and the Nazgul show up, and and that's fun, and they're they're kind of creepy and scary, so that's fine. But you know, a, a where the hell was Aragorn? As you said, <laughs> whacking in the woods. It's weird. I'm gonna leave these four four little kids. Yeah, it's a total plot contrivance. So that feels a bit like ugh. Um, I asked you if you fast forwarded through something because I, I actually did fast forward a little bit. Oh yeah. And it was when they went to Bree. <sighs> so you didn't, you didn't get to see my favorite character in the bar in Bree. Which is, which is who? The guy with the ferret. 
Because every time I see him, I'm like, why the fuck is there a guy in the bar with a ferret? Like, what, what is his end game? You know what I mean? Like, I totally missed that. Is, is that how he picks up women? Like, hey, want to wanna pet my ferret? I totally missed that. <laughs> no, really, I have a ferret. I'm in a bar. <laughs> I don't know. Never got that part. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I have to go back and catch that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just fast forwarded through that part because it just felt a little, I don't know, it, it irrelevant. Yeah. And I've seen it enough, so maybe that's easy for me to say. But then, you know, I even thought about it in context of like maybe not having read the books or not seen the movie a lot. And it just felt like I don't know if anything super important happens there. Um, but it, I don't know. It, it, it's just again, it's just kind of dull. Sure. I, the faint with the Nazgul coming and stabbing the beds. Uh, you know, I never again, I never thought Frodo was in any danger there. So it's just all a bit like, oh, we had a cool misdirection scene for the sake of it. Well, this is the wrong time to ask the question because that was earlier, but why did they go to those beds and stab the beds? I still don't get that. Like, because the last, I assume that whenever he puts the ring on, they get like a GPS ping or something. Right. And they're like, oh, that's where it is. But that would have got him to the hotel. Like, how do they get right to the room? I don't know. I, I, I couldn't quite figure that out. Good question. And not only that, but Aragorn and them only went across the street. Right. Watching through the window. So it's just like. And the light's on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So when they, by the time they got to Bree, I just fast forwarded straight through all that. I said, I've seen it enough. I don't need to see this. Sure. Nothing important happens. Yeah. Nothing of any value said or even really learned. I mean, that is where you're introduced to Aragorn, but he's featured so much that I don't even know if it was super important for me to see that this time. Yeah. And it's not a fair introduction to him either. Cause you really get more of it when they get to, to Riverdale. That's very brief. Like he's even, he's not even using his real name. Sure. Fast forwarded through that scene. And that may just be nitpicky though. I don't want to say that it's a bad scene. It's not. Um, it, I'm not saying it should be cut at all. I'm just saying after uh, numerous rewatches, it feels a bit like uh, I didn't quite need this in, in the movie. I hear you. You got anything else? Um, I'm thinking of other things I hated, but I, I really wrote. Tons more positive stuff than I did. Yeah. Bad yeah. stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, I was reaching for bad stuff. <laughs> Fast forwarding through Brie. And I mean, those those don't they feel so trivial to me. So when I griped about the hobbits from behind for the doubles, it occurred to me. I was thinking I've seen this movie a billion times. Would a first time or even notice that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they would, because I know that, you know, whenever you watch a stunt double, Usually the first time the action's so fast, you don't notice it. But when you watch it 10 times, you're like, oh, that guy has a different color hair or something, you know, but like you never notice that in the moment. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that would just fly under the radar. Sure. So Mike, I felt the same way. I felt like my, my complaints were, were forced just because I didn't want this to be a pure circle jerk. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, I, I think if I would complain about anything uh, and actually mean it and maybe stand behind it. it and it would apply to all three movies the hobbits we were praising them earlier and because they are great and and as you said the the story runs through them and, and they they do so much and we have lots of appreciation for them but they they're also handled in such a way sometimes that they're um i don't know too precocious that that's not maybe the right word but yeah um gay can i say that <laughs> you can say whatever you want to man there's no writing on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand why and I'm, i was specifically thinking like the third movie too when uh spoilers you know they're all reunited and um frodo's laying in bed and and they're all like jumping on the bed and like i know they're supposed to be childlike and and simple and naive to the world so i get it but it's 
mildly uncomfortable to watch. Sure. Yeah. You know, when Frodo first sees Gandalf uh, at the beginning of the movie and he's like, Gandalf, I'm just like, <laughs> Elijah, can we get, can we try it one more time? <laughs> and Ian McKellen's like, no, no, don't do it again. That cut was perfect. We're going to go with that one. So I, they kind of have scenes like that in all three movies. So I think even back then we would sort of laugh at that sometimes. Sure. A little ridiculous. Right. So I, and even that feels a little small, a little silly, but it every time it's just something where I'm like, come on, you know. I hear you. Well, ready for our conclusion here? Let's do it. It is over. The world of men will fall. And all will come to darkness. And my city to ruin. <laughs> I do not know what strength is in my blood, but I swear to you, I will not let the White City fall. All right. Does the movie hold up or will the White City fall? I think it's going to stand. I think it does, too. I think it's going to stand. I think, um, you know, and and I was talking about this earlier because I was preparing and, um, you know, it was a cultural touchstone at the time. Um, and so it's, it's embedded itself in this, into pop culture and into people's lives. I think the same way that something like Star Wars did yep, yep. for people of that generation. I think Star Wars is the perfect comparison because you look at Star Wars and I saw a new hope for the first time when I was eight, which was, you know, in the nineties. So, I yep. mean, the CGI was super dated. The acting was dated. I mean, not as bad as like 1960s Batman dated, but it was dated, you know, but it didn't matter because everything else held up enough to where as an eight year old, I would just have that thing on repeat. I would watch that movie over and over and over. I loved that movie. And that's kind of how I feel about this. To be honest with you, when, when the movie ended and granted, I'd only watched it for about an hour because I had broken it up, but when it ended, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go to bed. I started it back over. And I was like, I'm going to play this again as I'm going to sleep. I mean, it was the same exact feeling. It was like, it was that good of an experience overall. And we did that too back in the day. You know, if if we were hanging out and and our primary interest was something else, put that on in the background because we knew if there was a pause or we just took a break from whatever we were doing, playing Risk or something, we could watch Lord of the Rings and be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it very rewatchable, and um, I know we're not saying anything new because I know that comparison has been made before, but I, I absolutely think it, it did enough and was around enough and had enough cultural impact that it'll be like the Star Wars of that time. Yeah. I have a few different categories. The question I was thinking about the whole time I was watching this and all these different categories was 16 years. So rewind 16 years before you get to 1985, and you think about back then – what a 1985 movie was. And I'm going to list a few for you. You ready? Okay. These are movies in the late 80s. Karate Kid, Princess Bride, Roadhouse. All right. So that's what we're talking about, right? That's what a 16-year gap does. When Lord of the Rings came out, it was the same as watching Roadhouse then as it is to watch Lord of the Rings now. Okay. I think that puts it into perspective if you're a fan of those movies. I, I love Princess Bride still, but you you know oh, yeah. you know what it is. You know that's an old movie. Yeah. And even back then, you knew it was an old movie. And so when I was watching this, my thought was, for instance, first category, music. Listening to the music and the soundtrack in this movie, if this came out today, would I even notice? And for me, the answer was no. Like the music is such a good score that I would not even 
be phased if this came out right now. Oh yeah, for sure. The score yeah. is bombastic and, but it's not overbearing. Um, it's like subtle when it needs to be. It's great. Yeah. But don't listen to the score when you're going to sleep because you'll have this nice little pause and all of a sudden, <laughs> and you'll be like, all right, I'm not going to sleep for another half an hour. Damn Fuck, it. man. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So we talked about music acting. What do you think about acting holding up today versus, you know, 16 years ago? Does the acting still work? Absolutely. I think that's a big part of the movie's success. Um, it, it much was made of that at the time. I remember ab- about how uh, close the, the actual fellowship was. Yeah. So they casted it perfectly. The stars aligned. It's a great cast. They gel together. They have great chemistry. So you need that in this story. I mean, that's what, especially part one, that's what it's all about. And, and yeah. the other two as well. But to build that fellowship, you need to buy into the characters and they're very believable. Yeah. My only note was it just doesn't get any better. Like you don't find better acting today than you did then. Yeah. And like I have a coworker who really likes some of these old black and white movies and I just, I can't. I know that they got to be good, but anytime I hear a male actor come out and say, you know, that like <laughs> loudspeak acting from the sixties. Yeah. I just, I can't, my brain can't do it. So whatever drop off happened between then and now, I don't sense a single drop off. I don't think it could have been acted better today than it was then, you know, by anybody. Oh no, no. They, they, they all did a really good job. Um, I said that earlier. Vigo Mortensen was great. Yep. He's just totally believable as as his character. Um, he he commits like 110. percent He does that for I feel like all of his roles. He's he's good in in anything I've seen him in. Yeah. So I mean he he brought it as we talked about too. The appreciation you get from uh, for Sam and Frodo over the course of the movies is is due to that earnest and affable but underdog nature that Elijah Wood and Sean Astin are able to instill in the characters. So absolutely. They're strong across the board. Uh, You know, Boromir for one movie. uh, I mean, that was my favorite character. Yeah. Sean Bean is, is obviously awesome. And even though he dies and everything, (laughs) I mean, his death scene is a hell of a scene and, and it could be something that could be really cheesy. I think about movies all the time where the camera is lingering over the, the actor's face and, you know, they expire as, as the camera's right there. And, And it's just, Sometimes the actor can't do it. It doesn't look good. It's cheesy. It's corny. Um, you know, this felt like it was one of those seamless times where he nailed it, you know, like dying right on the spot. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I have this a little bit later, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now. This kind of ties into story, you know, acting and story work together. But I don't know how much of the story is best attributed to Tolkien and how much of it was the way that Peter Jackson and his writers cut this down into a video format, you know? Yeah. But the story just, it hits so hard still. Like the scenes that are supposed to be emotional, like Boromir's death are every bit as impactful as they were 15 years ago. Absolutely. I'm older now. So, you know, my perception of things have changed, but the parts that they intend to hit you, they hit you with. And it's, it was uh, incredibly successful in that way. I would definitely agree. Um, it, It hit all those notes Scenes that were supposed to be funny were funny. Scenes that were supposed to be intense um, or, you know, get your, your your blood pumping, they did that. Um, and scenes that were meant to be emotional, the, those worked as well. We talked about the little back and forth in the cave. I wish the ring had not come to me. 
Yep. Uh, like I said, Bilbo's speech at the beginning sets the tone. I think that's a good scene. And yeah, Boromir's death, Gandalf's death. Um, it, it hit, it hit it all the notes for sure. Yeah. What do you think about, uh, the dialogue? And one of the things that I think is so interesting about the dialogue is because they don't pretend to be speaking like a modern human being in the 20th century would speak. They say things like, not with 10,000 men could you do this. It is folly. Yeah. Because they're intentionally speaking in an antiquated way, and and I think a very poetic and beautiful way. Yeah. I don't know if that can go out of style. I mean, you can have people roll their eyes at it, but I don't know if it could ever become dated like, I don't know, uh, Medea's wedding or whatever. Sure. It's sort of the, <laughs> the default setting for fantasy um, film and television sometimes, you know, that kind of vaguely uh, British, old English feel to the grammar and the things right. like that. As I was watching it, you know, I was thinking about Game of Thrones in that regard. <laughs> it's just the go-to fantasy setting for, for dialogue. Um, and it's not bad at all. I mean, it works for a reason and um, it, it's used for a reason. Um, yeah. Again, the actors sell it. So I didn't, I don't have a problem with it. I, and it's also impressive because if you read the books, they're very dry and there's tons of information. You know, a lot of it is you soaking up these histories of Middle Earth that he inserts into the tale. Yeah. So that, you know, the movie has to give you a lot of information to get this across. If people hadn't read the books, they, they wanted people to be invested in it. Yeah. What could go like horribly wrong and be just a total exposition dump one scene after another feels pretty flawless I agree. And, and you're yep. pretty immersed in the world and it never feels like oh this character stopping to explain this as it can be the case with things that need that sometimes yeah. it's all done in a way that is dressed up really nicely so that it doesn't take you out of the movie like oh we're getting another right. scene of information yeah they make it work and I would contend that the movies, <laughs> and if anybody's listening to this, I'm going to get so much hate mail for saying this, but I would contend that the movies will last longer than the books. And the reason I think that is because I do think that there is a dating on somebody standing up on a rock and singing a poem about a, something that he sees. And that happens a lot. I mean, I didn't read all the books, but I know that it would, they were very poetic and the characters were behaving in ways that even 20 years ago seemed strange. Right. And the movies toned that down a lot in a way that I think that even a hundred years from now, you know, people are going to be looking at the books the same way we look at Dracula or, you know, go even further back to ancient writings where the tone is just so out there and the way that the characters behave and, and you know, for instance, jumping up and starting to sing is just really, really odd. The fact that, that wasn't really present in the movie and the movie was serious, but like we have been talking about in the fantasy element. Yeah, I, I don't really see a reason that would ever need to go away. Um, it, it's a tough call. Um, I, I think they'll work in tandem um, to preserve each other because if you hadn't read the books and you watch the movie, a lot of times seeing the movie is going to make you want to seek out supplemental material. You know, obviously that's the original thing, so it's not supplemental. But if you're coming from a movie perspective, you're just trying to soak up what you can. Sure. I see this at the library. Um, you know, people are going to come and get a book if a movie's being made about it, even if the book's been out for 30 or 40 years, you know, all the, and it hasn't been checked out in weeks, months, whatever. The first sign they hear of Hollywood making a movie about it, 
all of a sudden there's like 150 people waiting in line for this book that's been out and nobody gave a shit about um, before. So I, I think it's it, they'll they'll work in tandem to preserve each other. If you've seen the movies and you haven't read the books, you're going to say, "Well, I want to read the books now." And obviously, if you've read the books, then you you definitely probably watched the movie. Sure. Um, that whimsical stuff you're talking about—that's just like a head scratcher. You know, I read the book and and the whole Tom Bombadil thing. You know, people were upset that he wasn't going to be in the movie, and I thought, how would that work in a movie? Like, right. how would- that would that would have been? I love Tom Bombadil, but that would have been a scene you would have been fast forwarding through. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it has absolutely the, even in the book, which is it's strange to be able to say that something in a book you want to fast forward through because it doesn't work that way in books. But it was such a weird and strange diversion. Right. I love the character. I thought he was so cool, and I thought his attitude was cool. And I thought the idea of him existing was cool sure. in the mystery. But, I mean, even then it was kind of like the only thing I felt like that accomplished from a literary sense was making you feel like the world was weird. And there were lots of weird and strange folk. Right. I mean, that was all I got from it. I mean, Yeah, it's a little Alice in Wonderlandy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, to go back to the original point, it's a tough call. I don't know. Um, I think that they will kind of go hand in hand. They'll They'll help each other out. Sure. I mean, I love to read, so I'm biased. Um, I'm a big reader, so I never want to say that that's going to go out of style. But yeah, you feel that people read a little less than they should. Sure. Uh, at least I do, I guess, in my snobbish, bookish way. <laughs> so it's tough. It's a tough call. I hope yeah. it won't be the case. And so maybe I'm just um, being hopeful um, for, for bias sake. But I, I hope that they'll work together because they're both great for their own reasons. Absolutely. Well, any other uh, last minute things to to add to this? That was all I had. Um, Well, you know what? I do want to talk about fight scenes, actually, because we were just talking about the wizards. But, I mean, there's a lot of sword fighting and various other things um, at the end in particular. And I think it's awesome. I really do. I literally wanted to compare it to something in the 80s. And I watched some fight scenes from Roadhouse. (laughs) This is is real. And it was so, so bad. Like, I mean, I know that – it probably meant something to some of the people who are watching it, and it, it's probably a great movie. I, I haven't seen it all the way through. But, like, you watch the fight scenes done there. You watch the fight scenes done in Karate Kid, and they're they're so bad. And they would have been bad 15 years ago. Right. Whereas these scenes, um, I think they were incredibly well executed. I can't see now a way that they seem dumb. I don't see the whole Batman problem where you have a guy running up to Batman who punches him, and then another guy runs up and punches him. If that's happening, I don't notice it. You know what I mean? Yeah. This may, I may be venturing off topic here a little bit, but I feel like I've got to stand up for movies from the 80s because you're picking like Roadhouse. <laughs> so I'm thinking of like Aliens or sure. The Terminator or – Yeah, yeah. You know, something like that. I'm, I'm thinking like why isn't he naming these like good movies from the 80s? Well, I guess I was specifically looking for, you know, contact battle basically, okay. which is why I went for Karate Kid. I went for Princess Bride because there were some sword fights. Sword fight. And then I went for uh, Roundhouse because there were fist fights. But, you know, the sci-fi stuff, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the gunplay was a lot more consistent. I was specifically looking for fist fights and sword play, basically. Yeah, I'm naming yeah. movies that are more science fiction. Sure. And as we're sitting here, I'm having a hard time thinking of something like a fantasy movie from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, Princess Bride was the only thing I really came up, but I did come up with a lot of like a lot of fight scenes, and I tried to stay away from kung fu because those are always pretty terrible. Right. But uh, and it's not that I, I want to diss movies from the '80s, but the things that passed back then, in particular for CGI and for fight scenes, 
in general, I feel like the leap from there 15 years forward was way higher. A lot oh, yeah. of improvements made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you compare that to the Lord of the Rings to now, it seems like a negligible little bump compared to, you know, that, that initial, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. I would agree. They're just different styles now too. Um, you know, a lot of the things that we enjoy about Lord of the Rings are even completely different realms from things that you see in action movies right now. A lot of things that maybe that are popular now, um, kind of had the matrix as like a jumping point and have kind of done that gunplay type Kung Fu shit. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm talking about sci-fi because every fantasy movie really since Lord of the Rings feels like it's aped Lord of the Rings, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm hard-pressed to think of any fantasy movies since Lord of the Rings that kind of stand on their own. Yeah. I mean, you could say Harry Potter maybe. I mean, they started at the same time, but Harry Potter went so much later. Yeah. But the thing about Harry Potter is, I mean, and I like Harry Potter. I know you do too. I enjoy it, yeah. But people that claim that the writing of Harry Potter is on par with the writing of Lord of the Rings, I'm talking the original books, I can't go there. Like, I just, I cannot go there. Which to me means that I think that if I watched the first few Harry Potter movies now, I would probably have a hard time with it. Yeah. But, you know, you're right. Fantasy beyond that, there's been stuff, but nothing to me that stands out as big of a a blockbuster, you know? No, nothing has eclipsed what the Lord of the Rings did in terms of the fantasy genre um, since it's been released. As I said, I think a lot of it's just copying from from Lord of the Rings. Um, The most recent I'm thinking of is uh, World of Warcraft. I mean, I didn't see it, but just like even based on the trailers, I thought this looks like a generic Lord of the Rings thing. Oh, you know what? You'll probably disagree with me here, but I will say Avatar as a fantasy movie blew my mind. I fucking hated Avatar. I know you did. And I think that if you're one of those people that really gets into, you know, World of Warcraft and things like that, I think that movie speaks to you. Something about, you know, logging in and uh, you're a different character and you're living your life and doing your things with your fake friends and, you know, and then you log out and then you have to find a way to sleep and eat. (laughs) I was like, I totally get what that's like. I understand that, bro. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I, w- I do love that movie, but I, I would still I wouldn't put it on the same par as Lord of the Rings, even even though I do love it. My connection with that, and this may be a game that you play, but my connection in that sense was um, Lord of the Rings made me think of Skyrim a lot. Sure. Uh, particularly Moria was making me think of uh, being down in the Dwimmer the Dwimmer mines, and that's why Gandalf fell because he was over encumbered. Yeah, he was. He was over encumbered. That's, that's, that's <laughs> He shouldn't have picked up that last, like... Teapot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the teapot and then the pieces of paper, it's his fault, really. That fucking horse meat <laughs> that he picked up. I can sell that for, like, three brown things when I get back to it. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I think I was going to ask you... Um, I know we didn't talk about the other two, but I wanted to ask you where you thought, number. since we're talking about number one, where does number one fall in the order of best to worst or maybe not say best to worst, but you know, what's, is it one, two or three of the trilogy? Well, so I told you it's been six years. Uh, it's been even longer since the other two, I would say seven or eight for the third one, at least. Um, but I remember my order favorite was always the first one, then the third one, then the second one. Okay. And so I'm going to have to, Stick with that. I'm going to have to say that that's probably still going to be my order of favorite. Um, I think that 
if I watched them again, there'd be a chance that two and three could switch. Because I remember that three, even back then, felt like it was really heavy on large combat scenes. Oh, yeah. And there wasn't a ton of stuff going on for long periods of time. Right. And I think now I might be less receptive to that. And I might prefer some of the the stuff in two more. But I could see that. A lot more character building stuff in two. Yeah. I do think that one, hands down, would still be my favorite. It's just, uh, it's one of those feel-good classics that... Like I said, I can watch it over and over and over again and not even not even blink. I'm glad you said that. I feel the same way. I think number one is the best. Um, there, There's good things that are different for, in each movie, um, but just on the level of it introduces to the world. You know, it's not a complete story, I know, because um, you have the other two movies. And, and when I saw the end of the first one, I thought, OK, now I can't wait, to, you know, for the next one to come out. But yeah. as a standalone a movie by itself, you know, it has a beginning, a middle and an end, uh, even though the ending is open ended. Good character stuff, uh, you know, some really classic battle scenes like we talked about. A good solid movie through and through a good fantasy epic um, some good action adventure stuff thrown in as well. So I, I think the other two have that that stuff that stuff also. But um, number one for me, just solid movie. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, you know, there's only one way to sign off of a uh, Lord of the Rings podcast. Hit me. Elin Sila Lumen Amintielvo. You know, the sad thing is, I didn't have to practice that. I still remember that from 15 years ago. Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> and it would be elvish for a happy star shines upon this hour of our meeting. So maybe that's more of a greeting. I don't know. But hey, I got something. I had something there. <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, well, hey, thanks so much for getting on, Earnshaw. It was good uh, chatting Lord of the Rings. Do you think we'll ever do a second one? Um, I'd be happy to. Yeah, we'll have to give it a shot. Two Towers is probably the the one I've seen the least, but as you said, I think it'd be one that I could would go back and appreciate a lot yeah. more. I would expect the most change in my perceptions for that. I've one, still so. got the yeah. hots for Awen, <laughs> and she still looks good. Yeah, watching yeah. Um, Homeland the other day, and she's in one of the later seasons, and I thought she still looks good. Yeah, I still like you. Uh huh. Let's let's get married. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks so much. Uh, We'll have to watch another one and chat Lord of the Rings again sometime soon. Sounds good. So, Freedom. Yes, sir. You know how I told you you should probably get pretty drunk before we do this? <laughs> well, I think it was me that said, how drunk should I get? Because, <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons, right? So, here's the backstory. Um, Earnshaw and I are going to do a After Hours about a topic that we both hold very near and dear to our hearts. Can um, I ask what the topic is? Yep, you don't know yet. To the best of my knowledge, you uh, hold this the opposite of that near and dear thing. Um, hmm. We were going to talk some uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, <laughs> so Freedom, how do you feel about Lord of the Rings? Have you uh, 
Have you seen Lord of the Rings yet? I honestly haven't seen any. There's three, right? Yeah. Movies. And then they did the three Hobbit ones, too. So there's, if you count uh-huh. that, there's six. Well, this will kind of give you a back, not a backstory, but interest level of me and Lord of the Rings. I didn't even know that The Hobbit was correlated to, <laughs> to Lord of the Rings. That just Well, I mean, you- you've only had 16 years to watch it. So, I mean, it's Has not it really like, been know. out that long? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You've been pretty busy, so I understand. Here's the thing, though. It's not that I even <laughs> dislike those types of movies. I really don't. Because um, they're, I mean, it's fantasy, right? And it's maybe comparable to, like, Harry Potter as far as fantasy goes. I know it's not the same type of fantasy movie. It's, it's honestly... It's uh, the first few Harry Potters, I would say, were very different in tone. But towards the like the third one, the mm. and, and beyond, the tone wasn't that different. I mean, the subject matter was very different, but like you know, very similar. The difference is Harry Potter comes from J.K. Rowling, who is a rich entertainer. Person. Let's say, I mean, she well, yeah, rich fuck, <laughs> but she she's an entertainer. She she was not like. I doubt she will ever be considered like a great classical novelist. You know what I mean? Like, sure, okay. She has very entertaining works. J.R.R. Tolkien was and is heralded as just an amazing, an amazing writer. So I mean, the work is different in that way. But yeah, they got centaurs and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. You take something as entertaining as the content of Fifty Shades of Grey doesn't mean that what's whoever wrote that book is super. You know? Whoa. <laughs> so freedom. What does this music mean to you? I mean, it, <laughs> it sounds like something from a 70s or 80s porno. There you go. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad you said that. That's exactly what I was going for. Don't ask me why I know that. <laughs> it's actually best that you don't know Lord of the Rings because that makes you my control. What I have here is a 20-question okay. quiz. And it's out of context quotes, and your options are, is this quote from Lord of the Rings, or is it from a porno? Uh, 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 oh, this is great. Now, since you've never seen the movies, you're literally, you, you have no idea. So I'm just going to play these for you one at a time. And um, I would say I'll play a clip. You can tell me whether or not you think it's from a porn or Lord of the Rings, and I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Are you up for this challenge? I'm up for the challenge, but oh my god. I how can they be I I'm trying to correlate oh, how you'll Lord see. The Rings you'll see. Porto. All right. Like quotes, okay. They vary in difficulty. And all of these quotes are from the first Lord of the Rings uh movie actually. I didn't even use the book. So, here we go. Here's quote number 1. All right. Poor girl doesn't even know what a real fairy is. So, Freedom, Lord of the Rings or porno? Poor girl doesn't even know what a real fairy is? Was that what they said? That's the one. Okay. Yep. I'll go with Lord of the Rings on that one. <laughs> I really don't know. That one's from a porno. All right, oh here's number God. two. <laughs> wait, 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 hang on. Why, where did you okay, get these clips from these 80s porno? <laughs> okay, well... I went to subreddit oh, and a few shit. other places like that that had lists of the funniest porn lines. I oh, tried to grab geez. some that were that were possibly Lord of the Ringsy, you know. So if uh, any of these are fake, I apologize. But they uh, they were presented as if they were real. Oh man, I was thinking you were watching pornos, just like okay, something come out at me, come out at me. Here we go. No, it's, I I don't watch porn, Freedom. That's porn's gross. Oh right, me neither. Yeah, 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 yeah right. 
Uh, here's number two. Never. If our luck holds, the gap of Rohan will still be open to us. Dude. So, Freedom, number two. Lord of the Rings or porno? <sighs> the did, did he say the gap of something? Yeah, if, it, if our luck holds, the gap of Rohan will still be open to us. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I can see like a, a sci-fi yeah, you porno. See, you see what I did here, right? Oh, you see geez. what I did here. Yeah. Oh yeah. god. Alright, I, I said uh, Lord of the Rings the first time I was wrong. I'm hoping my luck will change here. I'm, I'm going Lord of the Rings. Hit me. You are correct, sir. Yes! All right. All right. Number three. I'm going to make it in my pants. So, Lord of the Rings or porno? I'm going to make it in my pants? That is what he said, It yes. totally yes. sounds like porno, but... <laughs> I'm going to say... A, I'm going to even be so specific to say that a poor little hobbit said that in confidence to another hobbit <laughs> in Lord of the Rings. How about that? Number three was porn. And... Fuck. Number, <laughs> number four. That's the best seafood bisque you'll ever have. So, Freedom, number four. Lord of the Rings or porno? Why would you pick something out like that if that's from porno? Why Why does that even... That's, okay. Wait a minute. Is seafood bisque like, you know, urban dictionary slang? Yeah, it's a euphemism for something. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How did I... Oh, God. Seafood bisque. Oh, geez, I gotta look that up now. I don't. I don't have a clue what that one is. Yeah, every, um, everybody, go to your work computer right now and Google uh, seafood bisque. Uh, Urban, Urban Dictionary. Dictionary. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. That's the best seafood bisque you'll ever have. <laughs> All right, I'm going with the obvious then. Porn. Correct. Yeah. Two out of Woo! four. All right. Here's number five. Mind if I smoke while you're eating? So number five, freedom. Lord of the Rings or porn? That sounds very pornish. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, what is eating? Right? Could be, you know. Right. Right. Who, who knows? Right. <laughs> I'm I'm going porn. Correct. Yeah. Right. Number six. If you want him, come and claim him. So freedom number six. Lord of the oh. Rings or porn? If you want him, come and claim him. I haven't guessed. Well, I'm just going with the statistics here. I'm just going to. I haven't guessed Lord of the Rings in a few turns. I'm going Lord of the Rings. You're right. That is Lord of the Rings. Yes. You have four so far. All right. Number seven. I don't know half of you half as well as I would like. Dude, <laughs> your voice, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> How did you just not laugh at yourself? Oh, I did. I did plenty when I was uh, when I was editing. Absolutely. <sighs> By the way, I'm drinking uh, some uh, good old Fireball cinnamon whiskey off to the side as we're playing there this you game go. because there you go. clearly I'm not drunk enough to be doing this. So hopefully this will <laughs> straighten me out a little bit. It's okay. You're a good sport. <sighs> this is good. I like this. So freedom number seven, Lord of the Rings or porn. Um. I'm going to guess, man, it just sounds so pornish. It doesn't sound like it should be in Lord of the Rings. Why, why, why would, why would those hobbits sound so sexy? It doesn't make sense. Ugh. 
right, uh, let's go porn. That was Lord of the Rings, uh, mm. said by Dildo. I mean Bilbo Baggins. Dude, All right, number eight. See, how does that not? There's a guy <laughs> named Bilbo. How will there not yeah, be a guy right. named Dildo? Yep. Whatever yeah. you said, this person's last Dildo name Daggins. Is. There should be a Dildo Daggins. Absolutely, dude. That sounds All like right. a porno name in itself. Dildo Daggins. That's great. Right. Right. Absolutely. Like All right. <laughs> number eight. You know what? I think the two of you, you two just need to get ass fucked, is what you two need to do. So, Freedom, number eight, uh, Lord of the Rings or, <laughs> or porn. <laughs> I, I mean... <laughs> okay. Uh, porn. Yeah, yeah. However, if you just spun that shit on me and it really was Lord of the Rings, I, I may be inclined to watch it then. Come on, there you go. That. That's a that's a sure. whole different kind of movie right there. Uh, right, uh, I was not expecting that. Number nine. I'm coming, Mr. Frodo. Number nine, Freedom, Lord of the Rings or porn? Uh... <laughs> Oh Jesus! <laughs> that sounds like a you know fantasy weird elvish type name. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It does. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Correct. Woo! Six points. All right, number ten, freedom. Blow is just an expression. You are supposed to suck on it. (laughs) I almost killed Freedom with number 10. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yep. You ever had cinnamon whiskey? Miliardo. I've had fireball. I've had fireball shots. Yeah. Oh, okay, you've had fireball. That that is yeah, cinnamon yeah. whiskey. Okay, so imagine that up your nose. <laughs> oh shit! And then then back down your nose, and then you start choking <laughs> on it. That's just that's exactly what just happened. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Porno. It's got to be a porno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a porno. <laughs> All right, well done. So, <laughs> seven out of ten. All right, so here's number eleven. You do not know pain. You do not know fear. You will taste man flesh. So, Freedom, uh, Lord of the Rings or porno? (laughs) The answer seems obvious, right? So, I'm going to go with the unobvious (laughs) and say Lord of the Rings. You're correct. All right, so that's eight eight, eight points. (laughs) All right, number 12. Ride hard. Don't look back. So, Lord of the Rings or porno? Here again... Well, God, I guess I could go. It could go either way. It sounds like we're trying to force the porn issue here. Sure, sure. But I could see the hey, don't look back. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right, <laughs> I'm right, not. Right. I feel like I'm going to a dark place if I think about this a little too much. <laughs> well, no, not a dark place necessarily, but right. It depends on how well the lighting team does, right? I that's mean, very true. It's very well lit. It's very yeah. true. Yeah, high production values is what I'm you want. I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> fucking mighty um (laughs) lord of the rings you're correct yeah this handle's almost gone thank you god you're doing well you're doing very well (laughs) i'm gonna say though i'm gonna need 
I'm going to need a cold beer here soon because this is getting really hot yeah. in my mouth region. <laughs> Put that on a on a snippet on a on a blooper. My mouth region's getting hot because of all this. I got it clean. I got liquidy. it clean. We're good. All right, number thirteen. That fellow's done nothing but stare at you since we arrived. So, uh, number thirteen, Lord of the Rings or porno? Jesus, if you just okay, <laughs> the, the voice, man, that it's like I don't know, I don't know the scientific term if there's such a thing, but it's like very misleading here. Your little, your little womanly voice. Hang on, let me. Oh God, no more fireball. <clears throat> The the voice is misleading. The voice is misleading. You're fucking with my head here because it should be a porno based on your voice. <laughs> well, I did them all in that voice. That was the point. They're all porno voiced, right? Um, Lord of the Rings. Correct. Yes. That was so misleading. All right. Here's uh, number 14. Turn me into a worthless vegetable. So, Lord of the Rings or porno? What? <laughs> Okay, that 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 has to be that has to be porn. Yeah, you're right. Okay. That's eleven points. Well done. Holy crap! All right, number fifteen. Steady. Hold on. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Lean forward. What? Steady. Come on. So, Lord of the Rings or porno? Uh, <laughs> I mean, if. if Okay, if, if you're in a porno-type atmosphere and you're telling somebody to steady, there may be some problems there. Somebody's, you know, a little top-heavy, but I don't know. It, it sounds, you know, you don't just, all right, steady. Steady. <laughs> right. It's got to be Lord right. of the Rings. Got to be. Yeah, you're right, you're right. All right, you got five left, and you have 12 points. You're doing very well. I, I feel like I am. Number yeah. 16, Freedom. Lord of the Rings or porn, number 16. There must be a thousand pounds of beef on him. Holy so, shit. Lord of the Rings or porno? <laughs> Lord of the Rings. That one was a porno. Oh, <laughs> I finally got you. I finally got oh. you. <laughs> got me. <laughs> Number 17. He's very fond of you. I know. He'd probably come with me if I asked him. Okay. So Lord of the Rings. Okay. A little bit of emphasis on the on the the the, the come word there. <laughs> I, well, I see I, what know, you're I'm doing just, here. I'm just I'm just reading a script. You know, I'm just. Reading uh, the, I, I I work with what they give me. Lord of the Rings. You're correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think you were trying to sell that one a little too hard. No, <laughs> I see what I did there. All right, uh, number eighteen. Lord of the Rings of porno. But I poop from there. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Number eighteen, freedom. Lord of the Rings or porn? <laughs> you should see me. I've got like my index and thumb like over my eyes. Like, oh my god, I can't believe what I just heard. I can't believe Milliardo <laughs> just said that in a girlish voice. This is what the pubcast has come to. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, I about. I about peed myself. I'm laughing so hard. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be a porno. Got to be. Yeah, it's a, that's a porno. Okay. Uh, well done. And uh, number 19. Precious. It's been called that before, but not by you. So, number 19, Lord of the Rings or porno? 
I think I'm a little biased on that one. I feel like I've seen like people making fun of that part of Lord of the Rings. I think I, I think yeah. that's a Lord of the Rings one. Well done, well done. And yeah. the last one. So you have 15 points. Last one. Wow. Here it goes. I squeezed that spoon until I myself almost melted into it. What? <laughs> you squeeze? What? How did you squeeze? What? <laughs> I don't even understand how that works. Why am I talking like this? <laughs> Sounds like a porno. It's a trick question. It's actually from Moby Dick. But you did very well, sir. <laughs> Of the nineteen, le- the fuck. <laughs> of the nineteen legitimate <laughs> questions, you got fifteen points. That's a pretty damn good baseline. Hey. That's a very good baseline. Was this a scientific experiment or what? Well, yeah. You know, if Earnshaw doesn't beat you, then that's just embarrassing. Ooh, good point. Good point. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see how those uh, those results come out. <laughs> we'll do. Make sure to share it.